are live here on the Extra Points Podcast with the College Football Experience. My name is Gus, and this is my brother-in-law, Will. Will, how are you doing on this great Saturday evening? What's up, man? I'm happy to be here, dude. I'm glad we're finally doing this. Dude, this, this has been a long time coming, hasn't it, man? This has been a thing we've been having on our minds since college. A pretty About long five, time. five or six years we've been discussing... Um, just going to see football stadiums and yeah. it's kind of turned into this. Yeah. Just turned into where, man, we just love college football so much and we just love to talk about it. So we're here. So this is the extra points podcast where we just break down everything that's going on in college football, our opinions of it. And it goes along with our YouTube channel, the college football experience where this fall we'll be going to multiple campuses all across the country and just get into experience those and bring those to you in a way we think that is awesome. And we think that you're really going to love it. So man, I'm just excited. So do you want to jump into what our plans are going to be for the season and places that we're going to go? Yeah. So this is the first place we discussed was, um, we've been discussing this place for a long time and we've a been wanting to go long here time. forever. Um, and our first place we're going to go to is Ohio State uh, wow. when they when Penn State comes rolling into town. The biggest home game of the season for the Buckeyes. It's going to be a ball. And it's what we're going to do to kick off our tour. The Ohio State University, man. And just like you said, since the inception of this idea, it's what we've it's the first place we've wanted to go for years. We've talked about we got to go to Ohio State because us living in the South, it's kind of it kind of has a mystique about it because it's the Ohio State, man. And they're basically an yeah. SEC team that's not in the South. So we've always heard well, about it and we're finally going to get to go and get to experience it. I think it wasn't until this January that a lot of or December that a lot of teams started respecting Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, because they 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 finally tested the Bulldogs, man. Yeah, and yeah. and and I just want to see like what makes Columbus, Ohio, and that university so special because it has such a massive fan base, and like we said, there's just so much that surrounding it. But do 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 you think the shoe's gonna hold up to some of the SEC venues that we've been to, man? Because it's got what like a hundred and two thousand fans. That's a lot. I I, I don't know. Um, you know, we went to the swamp last year. Um, we got swamp to experience that, and we stood up the whole game. I mean, we didn't and sit down. And it was loud. Yeah, and, and it was we loud. We have been to some loud games. And yeah, it, and it we didn't stop screaming. And I'm ready to see if Ohio State's going to be very similar, especially their biggest game, you know, of the season to that point. So see, uh, I'm, I'm ready to go, man. I think it's going to be one of – the craziest atmospheres we've ever seen because this program just has such a big chip on their shoulder with how the last two seasons have ended for them and this is a must win this is going to be a must win game for them like it is going to be a big game so i'm excited about that and the next game that we're going to we're going down to the bayou man to see your florida gators we're going down to see your florida gators versus the Bayou uh, Bengals, the LSU Tigers. We're hoping this game's at night, man. Yes. We're really hoping this game is at night. And it's and it's our second 100,000-seat stadium of the year. 
best atmosphere in college football, in my opinion. I've already been warned, don't wear my Gator gear, but I can't. I, Dude, I mean, if I'm going I, to see a Florida game, I, I got to wear my you, stuff, man. You you have to wear your stuff. And I am not even a Florida fan, and I'm going to wear a Florida shirt because this sounds kind of weird, but I want to see what it's like. Like, I want the experience of an opposing fan going into Death Valley at night. Man, I, I just see, want to experience that. I think to fully experience it, it has to be a night game. Yeah, I mean, because they're just on another going, level. We're going either way, but I'm praying yeah. that it's an I am because all of those students, all of those fans, they like to drink down on the bayou and they get liquored up, and it's just something like it just has that electric atmosphere to it that it even comes through the TV. And if it's coming through the TV, I cannot imagine what it's like to actually be there. Do do you think they'll play neck? Do you think the band will play neck? Because if we're going down to LSU and I don't hear the band play neck, I'm going to be kind of disappointed. Depends on how it's going in the fourth quarter. And it's probably going – it might be going well for them. So, it might be getting played. I I just hope it's a good game and we get to experience the full atmosphere that is Baton Rouge. And the real Death Valley Clemson fans, I'm looking at you. It is the real Death Valley until yeah. I'm told otherwise. Next, <laughs> our final game of the season. Tell them where we're going. We are going to the Iron Bowl. And this is the one I'm most excited for, probably out of the three of them. Because um, you because haven't I, been, haven't you? I've been to one Iron Bowl as a kid, mm-hmm. but I haven't experienced it like in a while. And mm-hmm. I just know Jordan Hare is a different beast when it comes to the iron bowl dude it it might not be the biggest stadium i I think i think max when you squeeze everyone in there i think it's about 89 a little over eighty nine thousand. but i mean that place it's it's just special and me growing up as an auburn fan i've been i was at the kick six I was at um when we won in 2019 when mac jones threw the two pick sixes and I mean, those those are the some of the loudest games that I've ever been to, and I think it will. I think it'll hold up, and I think you're you're really gonna love it. I really, really think that you're gonna love it. I think so too, man. I I hope it's um it's probably gonna be a three thirty game. Um, I hope mm-hmm. it you know it'll get dark, so we'll get to see the orange mm-hmm. lights, oh, and yeah. we'll get to see you know Auburn. It just it's a special place, you know. It, it's it's really underrated around the country, unless you're just yes. from the southeast. Mm-hmm. You know, it it doesn't get the respect it deserves, but it's definitely a different. That game is different, and uh, the way Auburn's been uh, picking up some transfer portal guys, some, it, it some might be talent. It might be a competitive game, dude. And do and do you know Nick Saban has never beat a nine win Auburn team? Or like a nine-win-plus Auburn team in Jordan-Harris Stadium. He has failed to do it. So if Hugh Freeze and Auburn just have a phenomenal season this year and blow everything out of proportions and just do great, yeah, I don't think Bama's coming in there. That isn't a prediction. But I will say but this. I, I'm, um, I've never rolled Toomer's Corner. And that was exactly what I was about to say. I hope that you – and our friend Cody, shout out Cody. I hope you and Cody get to roll Tumor's Corner and we get 
that on video that camera because yeah. dude th- that would be wouldn't that just be the ultimate culmination to a video slowly fade to black as toilet papers roll in <laughs> those tumor those oaks on tumors corner that would just be absolutely beautiful and i really hope that y'all get to experience that after an iron bowl win all right so too, man. dude i i mean i am just jacked and I'm really excited that we're finally able to make this dream a reality because a bunch of people don't get to do that, man. And I just think we're extremely blessed to be able to do that. Very fortunate, man. Oh. I'm excited. Yeah. All right. Jumping on to our next segment, teams we want to see make the jump in 2023. And by teams we want to see make the jump, those are just teams going into the last week, last two weeks of the season, conference championship weekend, teams that haven't necessarily been there, but we want to see them get there and be in playoff contention, man. Have hope, have serious life at the end of the season. And the first team, man, is the Texas Longhorns. Tell me what you think about them, Will. You know, they finished the 2022 season uh, eight and five. Um, they had a, you know, an up and down year. Um, it started out, you know, pretty good, especially for the first half of that Alabama game. Um, you know, they were 54th in total defense, 35th in total offense. But, you know, when Quinn Ewers got hurt, that kind of derailed the season because I think hurt that him. was something that, that hurt him just a little bit. Yeah. I think that kind of stuck with him throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I will say this, they got the third-ranked recruiting class in the 2023. They have um, been recruiting their butts off. We all know they got Arch Manning. Um, mm-hmm. They got a guy that not a lot of people probably know about if you don't follow recruiting, but a kid named Cedric Baxter. Remember a, that name. He's a baller running back. Absolute stud. stud. And everybody knows the transfer A.D. Mitchell from Georgia. Everybody's caught, pretty caught the everybody's pretty touchdown. Sh- in 2021 yeah. in the national championship game caught what ended up being the winning touchdown against Ohio state and the peach bowl last, last year. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. And not only are they getting AD Mitchell back at wide receiver, they already have Xavier Howard, who is an absolute stud, but they're getting Isaiah Nair back to transfer from Wyoming that they lost last season in fall camp tore an ACL, I believe. So they are loaded at wide receiver. They have what I think is a first-round talent at quarterback. And though they do have Arch Manning waiting in the wings, I think they're going to have Malik Murphy as their backup. So if Quinn Ewers doesn't perform up to expectations or he does get hurt, I think they have a very solid quarterback backup that that was getting interest probably being tampered with for all we know to come to other schools <laughs> like Florida, like Auburn teams. I don't that know what really, you're <laughs> you know what I'm talking about <laughs> teams, teams that needed a quarterback, but he chose to be loyal, chose to stay at Texas. They probably paid him a good amount. Knowing that old money that they have, they, they probably paid him a good amount to stay. And I, I think he probably made the right decision to stay. And, you know, and, how they can make that jump, though, is if you notice last year, dude, they had five games that were one possession games that they lost. Dude, and 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 two of those were at home, one to Bama, one to TCU kind of late in the year. So if they're 
able to really just clutch up, really, and be able to defend home turf, I think that'll be a really big deal for them. And I think you were, I think you were telling me earlier that Sark has always had a thousand yard rusher as a head coach. Yeah. So um, I, I saw an interview with him. Um, it was like with Fred Taylor and all them on, on mm-hmm. YouTube. And he was talking about every year he's been a head coach. He's had a thousand yard rusher. So they've and lost. That's a big deal. Um, yeah. And they've lost uh, B. John Robinson to the draft. He got drafted by the Falcons. Mm-hmm. So let's see if they get that thousand yard rusher this year or will it be a room by committee, you know? I really think it's going to be a running back room by committee, but I'm really excited for what Texas is going to be able to do in 2023. Another team that I'm really excited about what they're going to do in 2023, man, is the Penn State Nittany Lions. They've been so close. They were so close last year. They went 10-2 and last year, man. They were so close. They're, They're in what I think is probably the second toughest division in football. I know we've had conversations about this. <laughs> Arguments. But, yeah, we, we've gotten pretty heated about this, but I think that they're in the second hardest division. They have to play Michigan. They have to play Ohio State. They get yeah. Michigan at home home this year, man. But they've it's, it's just felt like they've had a glass ceiling on them since 2016 when they were able to get to the Big Ten Championship game, and they still didn't make the playoffs that year. They kind of got screwed. Tell me what you think about Penn State coming into this year. Well, I mean, have they closed the gap between Michigan and Ohio State? I mean, I think they've kind of gotten a little closer to Michigan because they've out-recruited them the past two years. Mm -hmm. But Ohio State has been killing it on the trail. Um, But, you know, Michigan's bringing back probably the best duo in the country in the backfield. They are, they are they are arguably one of them, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to put them in the top three for me. Um, and then they probably have their best – their highest rated QB in Penn State history, maybe their best recruit ever I'm coming I'm in there. Per, I'm pretty sure Drew Aller is the best recruit in Penn State history, yes. Yeah. And, um, I mean, Sean Clifford was there for eight years, it felt like. Dude. So – Dude, he was living in the Penn State retirement home. Let's just be honest. I mean, people kind of think he was the one holding them back. I don't think he was the one holding them back. I just think that he was there and he, they didn't have any other better options. I mean, he, he he just beat out the 33rd pick in the draft this year. That's why Will Levis left Penn State because yeah. he couldn't beat Sean, Sean, Sean Clifford, man. But I'm going to give you a stat right here, dude. Yeah, yeah, hit me. So they they are returning seventy five percent production on the de- on their defense. And do you know how good their defense was last year? They were ranked seventeenth in the country. Yeah, and I mean they they have a corner. Man, what is that corner's name? Well, I can't I can't remember that corner's name. Oh man, I know there was a dude that transferred in there, and he already sent him packing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they are they are absolutely loaded on the defense side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, man, and um, and just just like you were getting to the running backs, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen, those are two names to watch. I mean, because they're they're pro- they're in probably the best running back duo, like you're saying, in the country top, and top three. I mean, yeah, and you could argue for one, whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, and not only do they have the running backs, they have a tight end duo that's going to be able to punish you, that they'll be able to run two two tight end sets where they're able to run the ball. They'll, they'll be able to put both those tight ends out, out wide. And they're getting a transfer from Kent State, probably not on many people's radar, Dante Cephas. In the yeah. past two seasons at Kent State, this man has 130 catches, for just under 2,000 yards. So they are loaded on offense, and it really, just like you were saying earlier, it really hinges on can Drew Aller step up and be the guy that everyone thinks that he can be. And I think he has the potential to, and I think they're going to put him in a position at Penn State to really be able to excel. They, They won't put him in a position to fail. So... I just think he he has to step up, and they get Michigan at home late in the year in November. Happy Valley, cold, yeah. wide out. I was thinking, you know, their key games, I was just kind of looking at, you know, the three I like to circle. Um, the first one is going to be the Iowa team. And I know people That's are huge. probably – Iowa, offense terrible. Well, they're going to look different this year. Mm-hmm. And then next, the game we're going to is at Ohio State. Yes, and sir. then you just mentioned the Michigan game at home, the whiteout game. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to be honest with you. All they got to do is split those games. Just split the Ohio State and split, just the split them. Yes, yeah. dude. Just split them, dude. And you'll go to the, you either you'll go to the Big Ten Championship if you get some luck, or you'll pull an Alabama in 2017 and get a bye week. And you'll get to sit at home and walk into the playoff. That kind of depends what happens. In the rest of the country, but if but if you're Penn State and you're eleven and one and your only loss is on the road to Ohio State by seven, you're yeah. you're you are not getting left out of the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. Just whoever they if they do lose the one, it needs to be a competitive game. You know? Yes, for for Can't sure. Get blown out. Like last year, they kind of got beat by Michigan pretty bad. So really, in the second half, too. That yeah, that that that, that really got ugly in. The second half. But if you take care of business, go 2-0 and in those games, and uh, you'll be in the Big Ten Championship game, and you're probably yeah. going to win that one. Yeah, you'll you'll probably be playing Wisconsin, maybe Iowa again, maybe Minnesota, maybe Nebraska if things go crazy. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. All right. <laughs> Moving on to our next team that y'all can see down on the bottom little ticker. I really think that ticker's cool. Florida State Seminoles, man. Probably yeah. the most hyped team coming into 2023 man and i th- and i think the hype is warranted but not as much as everyone. dude they're the favorite to win the acc right now they are i i don't like that but have, i think they they're they're i mean they're going to be really good but they're absolutely loaded man and they're returning 87 percent of their total production from last year, 80, 80% on offense, 94% on the defense. They got Jared verse back probably would have been a top 10 pick in this year's NFL draft. Essentially, they essentially, essentially they're bringing back the whole team. I mean, you're a few players left, but essentially you're bringing back everybody. I mean, and they're they're loaded there. And you're adding people in the portal. Oh, I mean, they hosted uh, Michigan State's 
Coleman Keon this weekend. Coleman, yeah, that's that's something we can get to just a little bit later when we talk about all the, all these players, man. But Jordan Travis, he's he's the fuel to the fire. He is the fuel yeah. to the fire down in Tallahassee. He played his best games against the worst competition, which which usually happens. But against the best competition, man, he 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 had his worst games and. And they finished the season against Georgia Tech, Miami, Syracuse, Louisiana, Lafayette, Florida, and Oklahoma. And all of those teams finished with a record below 500. And 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 that was when you really saw Florida State get hot. That's when mm-hmm. they started culminating all, all this hype and this Florida State hype train. And they didn't play good teams to close out the season. Yeah, um, I mean, I can't really blame their schedule. I mean, they kind of can't help yeah. that they're in the ACC, you know. But yeah, you know, they, their their three losses were to their only ranked opponents: Wake, so, NC State, and Clemson. And two of those were at home, right? Or were all three of those losses at home? I I think I I for sure know NC no in NC State was on the road. Wake and Clemson were both at home. So yeah, you, yeah. so you, so you lost two of those at home, and in those games, Jordan Travis threw for fifty five percent completion. He has to be better. He he has to be better in those games against the big teams, man. So you you mentioned it. They're going to go as he goes. I mean, he he got hurt a little banged up in one of his games last year, and it just wasn't the yeah. same with the other quarterback in there. Yeah. And yeah. um. They're going to only be as good as he is, and he has to stay healthy. And he's been injury prone since he's been there. I mean, he's yeah, gone down yeah. a bunch, so he he's going to need to really, you know, bulk up in the weight room and um just maybe slide a few more times and not take all those big hits. Yeah, yeah man, um, he but, he loves to get out there with them wheels and go. I'll say this, dude: they did a good job in the transfer portal if they wanted to make the jump. Um, yeah. they were third overall. Um, I would say at all the teams in the transfer portal, their high school mm-hmm. recruiting isn't, isn't it where it needs to be? It's about 16th overall, which isn't terrible, but like yeah. when you want to compete with Clemson and you want to make the playoffs and win it and all, you yeah. kind of got to be in the top five. Yeah. You, um, you, you really have to compete, but, but they've, they've built to this year and they've, they've built this, ta- they've built this roster. They've developed this talent and man, they're, they're bringing in some absolute dogs in the transfer portal. Fentrell Cypress from Virginia. He's one of the top overall players in the transfer portal. He was a cornerback. They brought him in. Jaheim Bell tied in from South Carolina. They brought him in other people that they brought in. They brought in Kyle, they brought in Kyle Morlock from Shorter University. That's a Division II school from up in Rome here in um, in the great state of Georgia. But he was an underrated talent in the transfer portal, and I think that he'll be a pretty big, big contributor. And just like you were saying, they hosted Keon Coleman today. Yeah. And, and for y'all that don't know who Keon Coleman is, he is a wide receiver transfer from Michigan State, and he is now one of the top players in the portal. And if they add Keon Coleman to an already loaded offensive roster, man, I I just know you hate hearing that as a Florida fan, don't you? <sighs> man, <laughs> here's the thing, man. I it, it, 
I got family that went there. It's yeah. it's fun that they're good. I wish you know it was fun last year that that game was competitive. You know, so I, I was an ultra fun game to watch. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. So I think for them to make the jump though this year, I got I got some key games for them, and two yeah. of them are in the month of September. They you got did. LSU mm-hmm. LSU to kick off the season, and Clemson September twenty third, a few weeks later at Clemson. Mm, that's a big, Man. big. Some say game. they might go zero and two in in those games. Dude, start off the season two and two. You'll if Florida State starts off the season two and two. You'll have people screaming, oh, Florida State was overhyped. Florida State was overhyped. Then they yeah, could they easily might win out. Make, <laughs> then, <laughs> then they might get hot, win out. Go the next on game the, is yeah. you're going to talk about this team later is Duke. Dude. I know that probably – and we're not talking about basketball. We're we, talking about we, football. Football. Duke. Duke yeah, I think football, that's going to be yeah. their third game. It's going to be – it's two or three weeks after the Clemson game, so we're gonna mm-hmm. see if um we're gonna see if they are up and ready to go because that's gonna be a tough game for them. Dude, is it at Duke or is it? No, it's at, at home. Or- it's at home. Oh, okay. But I don't really think they have a big home field advantage. So you don't think they have a big home field? I think the Doke when it's rocking, I think it's one of top top 10 top top 15 but if it's like a sleepy noon kickoff they they went out they partied in Tallahassee the night before i don't really think it's going to be a crazy I to say the the Florida game's a key game but i be, i mean anytime those big rivalry games are always key and plus that but that all depends that's just so late in the season there's no yeah. way of predicting that and it's what it's the middle of May, there's no way to predict what's going to happen at the end of November. So, hey, Florida State, we hope you make the jump this year because we want to be right. And the last team that we want to see make the jump, quack, quack, the Oregon Ducks. I think they're going to be a big player on the West Coast this year. I really, really like the Ducks going into 2020. Man, if you don't look at the Georgia game last year, they were a really good football team. They were a phenomenal football team. Yeah, they were. I think if they they could have caught Georgia later in the year, I think Georgia still wins. But it is a closer football game, dude. I think it's closer, but they still beat them by twenty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's not forty nine to three. <laughs> that game was ugly, but maybe forty nine to twenty four. I give them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I give them twenty one more. Dude, but I'm but I'm really impressed with what Dan Lanning is doing out in Eugene because he's a young guy like he yeah he's is he in his mid-30s like he is not an old guy he is one of the younger coaches in college football man and he I think he's early 40s no dude uh, he's in Lincoln Riley's Lincoln Riley's one of the youngest coaches Lincoln Riley's 39 and he's younger than Lincoln Riley okay so maybe he's in his uh, mid-30s yeah and I mean, and him being so young, coming from the machine that's up in Athens, coming well, from Georgia. I'm going to have to tell you something what Oregon's going to have to improve on if they want to make the jump. They what? were 123rd on third down on defense. So people See, converted a lot of third downs on them. And 
and with him being a defensive guy, I think throughout the past two recruiting cycles, and in 2022, they finished 13th overall. That was for first in the Pac-12. And then in 2023, they finished ninth overall. That was for second in the Pac-12. USC was eighth. So not far behind. And they've really addressed talent up front on the defensive seven, on the defensive front seven. And I think they're really going to address that this year. And they struggled down the stretch. They they lost to Georgia, played a bunch of good teams out there in the Pac-12 and got hot. And then they kind of ran out of gas at the end of the year. They, yeah, that, you could kind of see it in that Washington game and then the, mm-hmm. definitely the Oregon State game. You felt like they were better than Oregon State. They won but their defense. Were. Their defense just kind of was – done for they were just yeah gassed, like you kind of said yeah. they and just ran we out. forgot to mention their quarterback oh, Bo the most important person that's coming back for them dude that was the biggest win of the offseason for them i don't care who they went and got in the transfer portal i don't care who they got as a high school recruit them convincing Bo Nix to not enter the NFL draft and to come back his, for his last season of college football I love was his a quote. massive he, win. He recently said um, he was, you know, he was eager to go to the NFL, but he sat back and thought that, you know, college football is fun and I want to come back. Dude, it is the greatest sport on the face of the planet. And do, oh, you, know no do you know he's fifth in Heisman odds? Yes, I recently just saw that, and I'm not surprised because uh, you mentioned to me last year about him, dude. You were me, you were his dark horse, right? You dude, and Cody, yeah, you, y'all were his yeah, dark horse. No, yeah. me, me and Logan, me and Logan, Logan are me, me and Logan, yeah. Auburn guys. Though he 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 claims I'm not an Auburn guy because I don't see it through blue and orange glasses. Like he kind of does some some sometimes. I mean, we always said that when you looked at Bo Nix at Auburn, he suffered from a terrible offensive line. He was running for his life. He he had no time to be able to set his feet. He had no time to be able to, to sit back there and be a quarterback. And then he played in a system, though he chose to play in that system, he really played in a system that really wasn't beneficial to him. And now with him at Oregon, he's he's a little more confident. He had that change of scenery. And he was really able to blossom into the five-star talent that he was out of high school and really be able to hone his, his skills and show it on the field. For these people that don't respect the Pac-12, man, tell them some key games that Oregon might have this year. Key games? They play USC. They play USC, and that's going to be an absolute massive game. I'm 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 pulling Oregon schedule up right right now. They go to Texas Tech in week two. Yeah, and that is one of my sleeper teams, Texas Tech. We can talk about them at another time on another show. Oregon goes to Washington. That's a tough game. That's sneakily one of the hardest places to play in college football. They go to Utah, and then they play USC, and then to close out the season, they play Oregon State. So they play the other four best teams 
in the Pac-12. So I'm really looking at can can they win on the road at Washington and at Utah? And if you're able to see them win those games, then can they improve off of last year and not run out of gas at the end of the year? And I think that they have a legit shot to not run out of gas, man. I, I might be wrong about this. I think USC is the only team that can lose one game and still make the playoffs. I think these other schools like Oregon, they need Oregon to go undefeated. But you're the game. Just you know, the Pac-12 just doesn't get the respect that it it maybe deserves now. I don't I don't think it deserves it. Now, I think it started to deserve it last year because yeah. they they had such good I think they were the third best conference last year. And and something that you have to start thinking about USC and UCLA, they're leaving. They're saying adios. They're going. Yeah. So if this is the best time to step up for Oregon, not only for Oregon, but for the Pac-12. Because if you have Oregon, but if they're able to make the jump, they're able to win the conference, and they're able to make the playoffs, you would be able to say, we have a playoff contender, and yeah. – and they didn't come out of Southern California. I think what a lot of people, you know, you guys might not know is the Pac-12 is kind of pretty close to being gone. Um, That's what a lot with, of people think. With USC and UCLA leaving, they're going to the Big Ten. And um, if Oregon can somehow pull this out, this will be huge. And then they can maybe pull a big TV deal together with somebody. Um, that, that would I mean, really, really help the Pac-12 to stay together. Yeah, I – I think it would help. I don't think it'd be their saving grace, but I th but it sure as heck wouldn't hurt them. No, I think it would. Um, it it would definitely get the needle moving. Yeah, right so, now it is. It is. Um, it's not looking good for them. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. So th those are the teams that we want to see make the jump. We might revisit this throughout the summer. We and just see. See how it goes. And on to our next segment, teams we want to see right the ship. Teams we want to see get going in the right direction. Your program's been down. Your program's been in the dump. You, you might have barely made a bowl game. You probably haven't been making bowl games. I appreciate that, man. Hey, man. All love for the team in Gainesville. And that's who we're talking about first, the Florida Gators. Well, I'm going to try not to go on a rant here. <laughs> what does what do your Florida Gators need to do to get the well, ship going right? I'm going to tell you this. Last year was an up and down year. To we got to we got to witness probably their best game that they played all year, the first mm -hmm. game of the season against Utah, which was awesome. Um oh, man defensively they've got to improve i mean yes. you were 97th in total defense last year you were almost last in third down converting on defense so you couldn't get off the field dude which was something when we went to the utah game last year yeah we I mean, we we thought that was going to kill them they could not get off the field to save their lives we talked about it um yeah. brought in new def defensive coordinator um previous only one year defense coordinator he uh, Philip Tony, he left for uh, Arizona for the NFL. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. We bring in new defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong from Southern Miss. Young guy. He's only 29 years old. My age. And do you know that there was buzz that he might of like there might have been interest with the Alabama defensive coordinator job, but just since he was so young, it kind of turned Saban off. Yeah, um, I expect big things, man. When you hear him talk, he sounds like Kirby Smart. I mean, he Preach. he talk he talks just like him. They kind of sound alike, so it kind of mm-hmm. makes me it excites me a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, I think you know we finished thirteenth in recruiting this year. Um, it could have been a little better. We had the quarterback. Everybody knows the contract, the numbers that we offered a quarterback. Who knows if that's true or not? But that since losing him, it it was a top ten class. But losing him, it went down to thirteenth. But yeah. we got a bunch of guys in the transfer portal. Uh, we kind of got some DLs, OLs, um, linebackers was a huge need. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we kind of answered the had a few position needs now. Are they going to be able to step up and play? Because they're going to have to play right away. All these guys are. They're going to have to. And then we brought in Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. The biggest uh-huh. question mark on that team is, well, really not even the biggest because we no. know that he's at least able to be somewhat serviceable. I think the biggest question mark is, can y'all be consistent on the offensive line? Because- yeah, the offensive line, man, that was our strength last year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was one thing. If we could go into a game, I knew we were going to be able to run the ball. Yes. And surprisingly, the only one game we couldn't run the ball in was against Vandy. <laughs> Shout <laughs> out defense, Vandy. Worst defense in the SEC. We couldn't run against them. Shout so, out Bo. Anchor down. Yeah. yeah. So, I think for us to go in the right direction, for me, I want to see us beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Kentucky. Yes, all you, those teams. You really can't even say South Carolina going into this year. No, you can't say South Carolina because it's in South Carolina and they're yeah. loaded. But just beat the teams you're supposed to beat and then make it to a bowl game because the 24 recruiting class is loaded. It's going to be special. It, it's they, turning out to be special. Give Coach Napier some time. Mm-hmm. I promise you there's some stuff going that were going on down there in year one that not a lot of people know about. Yes. That nobody will ever know about. Which is Just really to- common with a bunch of programs. But whenever you get a new coach in and he has rot in the program from the coach that was left behind and like – Everyone has to get behind that coach, and that really takes a lot of time. And that's just what the Facebook fan, what the average casual fan really doesn't understand, that they just see what's going on in Tuscaloosa. They see what's going on in Athens. Well, and the, it, and it doesn't help when USC and Lincoln Riley goes in with year one. Sonny and Dykes and TCU make the national championship game year one. People can't judge. Florida fans can't be like, well, look what they're doing. Well, we're not. We're different. We're, yeah. Our program is – we got a long way to go, man, and just trust his process. I trust his process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's a great coach. I love his recruiting. I love what he's doing. Just be patient. Look, you're, we're going to have some down years. The yeah. schedule is tough. And if you think this schedule's tough, do not go look at the 24 <laughs> schedule because it gets worse. It gets – the Florida schedule 
in 2024. It's brutal. I mean, it, dude, I mean, it is terrible, but that 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 can be a topic for another day. Yeah, just I'm just saying, I mean, be patient like, with them, man. And I know the um, <laughs> God, look at that comment from Andrew. Oh, let, let me let me see what he said. Let's be honest. Oh, come on. Come, come on, Andrew. Andrew Caraway. Give him some respect, man. <laughs> but anyways, let me let me um stop this Florida rant. I th- the key games for me this year for them is honestly in the first month. How are they going to look? How's Grand Mertz going to learn look? We start out with Utah in Utah. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, we have Tennessee at home, and then another two weeks. That's a we big game. To, yeah, we go to we go to Kentucky. So, man, if they can somehow finish two and one in those, I think they could that'd, maybe that'd be huge. Maybe, maybe win seven games, but God, Dude, you can't go zero and three. This this games. sounds bad when it when you're when you're speaking about Florida because of all the potential that that program has. Saying seven games is a good season. That's Man, I'm so sad that they're on this list that you sent me. <laughs> I had to put them because I want to see them right the ship, man. Them them being good and them being a power player in the East again, man. Well, that would be you awesome. know my buddy Cody said it best. Uh, we're we're a sleeping giant, man. It just takes the right puzzle pieces, you know, to get it woke up. So yeah. hopefully yeah. Billy Napier can get it get it rolling, man. Yeah, yeah, man, and. Moving down about seven or eight hours south, what about the Miami Hurricanes, man? They were one of my most disappointing teams in 2022. Well, 2020, yeah, 2022. They were really disappointing. You had Cristobal there in his first season. Really didn't pan out. They 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 went five and seven. Tyler Van Dyke didn't have the season that I thought he would. He was one of my Heisman dark horses going into last year. But, man, the the Josh Gaddis experiment down there last season was a complete flop. And and he won the Brawls Award in 2021 at the University of Michigan. And then he just goes down there and flops. I'm going to say this, man. I, I think it's kind of the same thing with Florida. There was stuff going on down there that we have no idea about, locker room yeah. stuff. Lots you know. of rot in the program. Yeah, Players. You know, yeah. Flipping the roster, getting new, getting your guys in there. Mm-hmm. And, man, one thing they just need to prove on to help Tyler Van Dyke is their rushing offense. Man, they were 96 yep. in the country last year. Ugh. Just got to be more consistent on offense and find some balance. I mean, that's At- just going to help your quarterback. And and I think with them bring, bringing in Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator from the Houston Cougars last year, I think they will be able to spread the ball out more so they are able to run just a little bit better. Man, we know they got athletes down there, dude. They got yeah. some guys. Just utilize them, man. Yeah. Um, I think for them, last year they were so disappointing as they didn't beat the teams they were supposed to beat, too. They I mean, lost you to lose Middle to, Tennessee. I know. That's they got terrible, blown man. out by Middle Tennessee. It's embarrassing, dude. Man, and and then when you look at all their stats in 2022, all of every single one of their team stats was in the bottom half to the bottom third of the ACC. Yep. What I would say last year was the worst conference in all of Power Five. They were at the bottom of it. 
Yeah, they were terrible. Um, so in one of our comments, Andrew just brought up is we should bring up is Miami has a massive NIL issue as well, which will will this will affect their recruiting for their twenty four class. Um, yes. for people that don't know, they started an NIL and it's like a stock option. Um, and it is, it's terrible right now. It's, I think it it's started out as like a dollar and it's like 53 cents or something. So yeah. it's the last I checked it. So it is, uh, there, they need to figure something out how they're going to do their NIL situation. Yeah. That probably wasn't the best idea to base it around a stock in a very volatile economic time. No, <laughs> that isn't the smartest thing. Hey, their head uh, booster thinks he's smarter than everybody else, so he can uh, do whatever he wants. He was going to ruin Miami recruiting because last year they did incredible. They finished what they finished like seventh. They finished seventh in the twenty three class, which is really which good. Was, which was for first in the ACC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which is, I mean. And them being down in South Florida, they're they're able to get all these kids that want to come back home. Uh, like you trip, you trip over them. You literally walk outside and you trip over yeah, them. That's how much yeah. talent they have out down there. Which is just, um, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, there you know, is missed, no reason they shouldn't be successful. They missed out on a few guys. They were really close to a top three class. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they missed out on Jaden Rashada. They missed out on the corner that went to Colorado. Um, Coromani McLean. Yeah, they missed out on him, and then they missed out on one more kid. Dude, that class, I mean, it's a good class, but it was almost really special. It it could have it could have been the jump start to something really special down there, just like you said. Man, yeah. And the last team that we want to see right the ship, so Oklahoma Sooners, a team that has no business being no. – in here dude when you they they have this, a win total of nine this year when you sent me this and oklahoma was um on this list i said are you sure we don't need to put them on the other list the only reason i put them on this list is because they have a new head coach which so does florida yeah. so does miami all of these teams coaches are in their second year which when you look at their first year they all kind of had to readjust and now this year we just want to see the wind hit the sails and start going in the right direction man their offense at oklahoma last year was the best in the big 12 yeah but their defense dead last and you're in a conference with kansas they were um 122nd in total defense in the country and they have brent venables as their head coach I but what was uh, Lincoln Riley known for at Oklahoma? Having not a having terrible a very defense. Good defense. Yes. Yeah. So, so you I'm, know, scheme I wise, I think, it. I think scheme wise, it's totally different from Brett Venables and the previous coaching staff. So 100%. that had something to do with it. And then you know he had to get his guys in there. He's getting his guys in there. Dude. They recruited really well. They were fourth. He's in the definitely getting class. his guys in there. He's They're definitely doing, getting his guys in there. Doing really well in the portal. I mean, people want to go They're to Oklahoma crushing. and play. And they they brought back Dylan Gabriel this year. So and they, will, they have Jackson Arnold waiting in the wings 
freshman quarterback, true freshman quarterback out of the state of Texas. I think he's he's going to be the future there. But just like you were saying, they have recruited their butts off. In the past two classes, in, in 2022 and in 2023, they finished top eight in high school recruiting and in the portal. So they've kind of reloaded this roster with talent they can curate and talent they can develop and then talent that can come in and play right away. Dude, let me tell you this stat about Oklahoma that shocks me that you sent me, dude. They've only had five seasons. They've had less than 10 wins since 2000. They have dominated. Dude, look. That is unbelievable. This this might upset some Texas fans, but you think you're Oklahoma. Texas thinks that they're Oklahoma when they're kind of Oklahoma's little brother. When it comes yes. to the football field, when yes, it comes, when to, it the comes to the football field. So this this isn't on the rundown, but who do you think will be more suited to come into the SEC? Because we do know Oklahoma and Texas, they're both coming to the SEC and starting in 2024. Who do you think is most set up to jump in the best conference in the country and compete off the start? Oh, my gosh. My heart wants to say Texas <laughs> just because Sark's recruited so well. He's coached in the SEC. He has that experience. Um, but to be honest with you, the only thing that's going to hold him back is if the quarterback, if Arch Manning can be what he's destined to be, what everybody thinks he's destined to be. Because some some people think Arch Manning stinks. Some I think he stinks. People, I don't think. I don't think he stinks either. I just think he didn't play great high school talent. He has all of the tools that he needs to be successful. And I think he's with the perfect developer of quarterbacks with Sark to develop. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it just depends on which one, like what schedule they get and how they, how they group us and stuff like that. Who kind of comes in and successful. Cause you know, when they did this, 10 years ago or whatever with A&M and Missouri, you know, Missouri got on the East and they got lucky and the East just kind of hit a, went down and Missouri got kind of decent and they just won the East two years in a row, you know, so on fire, which I think both of them will be on the same. They'll be grouped together. So I don't think, so I don't know if that would necessarily be a factor or not, but I don't know. I think Texas probably come in and be successful early on. They've recruited, well, they got the pieces around it. They got SEC type ball players everywhere. I think Brent Venables is getting those type of players around. Um, but it might just take a little a, bit more time. Let's give them another recruiting class and then yes. they'll be ready to go. But yes, sir. they better try to win a conference championship this year because might be it's going to take them a while in that. <laughs> yes, sir. We play it a little different down yeah, here we, in the South. Yes. It means a little more to us. Well, you know that I am fascinated when it comes to sports gambling. I don't yeah. gamble because it's not legal in Georgia. Yeah. But when it is legal, I will dabble responsibly because I am fascinated by the numbers. I am fascinated by how they move when money gets put. I, I love predicting what lines are going to open at. 
Amanda. So our very last segment of the show is Future Lines. I'm going to try to make some of y'all some money out there this summer and this fall. With I want to say this. Lines. We so, have a buddy who Cody. is really good at this. Yes, and, Cody and Anderson. He, and he will be on this show to help us. And, and, and we're also going to have a little competition when it comes to these lines. Once the actual games drop and the and and, and the loser is going to eat the world's hottest chip, folks. It's probably going to be me. So. And it's probably going to be Will. Man, so just get, getting into some of these future lines, I have three for you. One is a spread, and two are over-under on win totals. The first one that I want to look at, I was on it before it moved but this is a futures line. Washington minus 10 at Michigan State, man. Michigan State's passing defense last year was towards the bottom of FCS football. And there's 131 teams, and they were like 126, something like that. Don't quote me. And then you have Washington. They're returning the second Highest odds quarterback to win the Heisman, Michael Penix Jr. Absolutely, not a lot of people know. Not a lot of people know how good he is, Because just just when he just when, because he played on the West Coast and yeah he and then he started out at Indiana, got got hurt, moved out to Washington, reunited with his offensive coordinator from Indiana, Kalen DeBoer, and they have created an offensive monster out in Washington this year. They they have two receivers returning that had a thousand yards last year yeah so and with corners leaving michigan state the only thing michigan state has going for him in this game is it's at home so that's already baked into the line and this opened at minus eight towards washington and i loved it then and then it jumped up to minus 10 once those transfers left but i love it even more man i could see this getting ugly really really quick yeah um you know michigan state had an overhaul of transfer portals happen here recently their quarterback left he's he's going to auburn uh wide receiver still yeah wide receiver he's still hunting where he wants to go so um, they did have a corner getting the portal but he he's back he's on return okay um so I see why this line jumped um it definitely would have been better to you to make more money hopping on at at eight Yeah, Dude, yeah, I loved it at eight. I mean, as soon as it dropped, I, I sent you a message. I sent Cody a message. I was like, this at eight, this is free money at eight. I think, uh, but it's, it's at 10 now, and I still absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. It's it, it's on, it's in week two. I, I, I believe so. It won't be cold there. So, yeah, the offense won't be a problem having to throw the ball in the cold. So I absolutely love that line at minus 10. And our first over under, we mentioned well, these, them these, earlier. I can we do these. I like these. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We mentioned them earlier in the show. The Duke Blue Devils over under six and a half. Over I under love, six and a half. I love the over right here. I love the over right here. They return 82% of their offense. Yeah. 
they went nine and four last year and they scored 33 points per game. So if you're returning that much from an offense that was already really good and they're bringing back their quarterback, Riley Leonard, I don't see why they can't win seven games with this schedule. It's not an easy schedule. They play Clemson at home to open the season. They play Notre Dame at at home. They go to FSU. They go to UNC. They go to Louisville. And for some reason, the ACC loves screwing their teams over. And they are going to UConn. UConn. So I think they could still lose. UConn was sneaky good last year from what they've been. They freaking made a bowl last year. I don't care. Dude, but still, it's a... It's a sneaky game. So, I mean, they can still afford to lose Clemson and to Notre Dame at home. And and if they go one and it's two. It's going to be close. Game, now that I'm looking at their schedule, it's going to be close. <laughs> it'll be close, but I'm a believer in the Blue I think Dubs. they can get a seven. I think they can get a seven. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, would, I would love this if it was at six. Oh, my gosh. I would be eating this up if it was at six. Man, that would be nice, Absolutely. dude. dude Wish six. it was at five point five. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd find a way to somebody put some money on it. I don't think Vegas is that stupid to put them at five point five, but I think the Duke Blue Devils are going to go over six and a half wins this fall. And lastly, a team we've already touched on, the Texas Longhorns, over under nine and a half. I know you love the Longhorns this year. And for every reason we gave earlier, give me the horns over nine and a half this fall. They play Alabama on the road week two. We already know college game day is going to be there. Probably they're stupid if they don't go. We have this might be the most talented team in the Big 12. I mean, they've recruited. Is they've had the best recruiting class. They've had the best recruiting classes in the Big 12 the past three years or two years, whatever it is. I mean, if you can if you can split the Alabama Oklahoma game, then you're probably gonna finish eleven and one. Yes. Because you you still you still play Kansas State, who's a really yeah. good team, but you get them at home. You have to go to Waco and you and then you have to play Baylor. You have to go. Yeah, to, you mentioned at Baylor earlier. That's a sneaky game. Sneaky Maybe game. like an eleven a.m. game for them. They, they just, so just in the month of just in the month of November, they they play Kansas State at home. They go to TCU and they yeah. play and they play Texas Tech. I think all of those teams will be top top half teams in the Big Twelve. So they they have a decently tough November, but just like we said, they return eighty five percent of their production from last year. They're getting Isaiah Nayer back. He's a stud. They're getting AD Mitchell. He's a stud. So I think Georgia this year, not Georgia. Why did I say Georgia? Because AD Mitchell came from Georgia. Don't be talking about I, the dogs. The dogs. That's from Mr. Johnny. The dogs. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> But I think Texas, man, I think Texas goes over nine and a half this season. What a first episode, man. I, I know. That was fun, dude. 
I'm, this, I've been this, reading. This I've been awesome. I've been reading all the comments, man. I got a Dude. super fan and Sam Thrower wants ESPN to pick this up. Dude, my uncle Sam, yeah, he's a diehard supporter of anything I've ever done, and I love him. And I like awesome. it, man. Dogs, well, back- just- oh, dude. I'm, dude. I'm gonna have to go get my wife. Dogs back to back to back. I was having fun until I just saw that. Oh, God. Dude, I'm dude, I'm 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 gonna have to go throw up in the toilet just thinking about that. Let's see, Hunter, my man Gus and Will. We went to third grade together. If Hunter, you remember me. Buquay. My my first best friend, man. He was my neighbor back in Hawthorne Circle. Go dogs. Will, you gonna have to go get your wife now. What <laughs> Will? We married. Yeah, two people awesome don't know. Women. We we married Georgia fans, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, we we have me an Auburn fan, Will a Florida fan, and we married into a diehard Georgia family. That that's the only mistake I think our wives have ever made is that they're Georgia fans, man. Goodness yeah. gracious! Well, good for them right now, I guess. Yeah, dude, they're stinking living it up, living it up. Enjoy. It. All right, well, well, I think we're gonna call that the show, man. I would love it if y'all would like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Get us going on there. And, man, just share. Share this share podcast. Share our post on Instagram. Yeah. Try to get the that college football experience. Yeah. 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 All right, oh, man. Well. Appreciate well, you guys. We really appreciate yes. it, man. This was awesome. Thank you all. This was awesome. And we will be back soon with another episode of – the Extra Points Podcast for the College Football Experience. Again, I am Gus, and that is Will, and have a good night, everyone. See ya.